Hello! Belly up to my bar. Let's talk free agency. It's still pretty hot and heavy. It's Friday evening. First off, I have to apologize. I screwed up yesterday, and I just realized it like an hour ago um, because someone on Twitter finally mentioned it to me. You guys got to speak up. I guess I grabbed the wrong file. I grabbed the Wednesday file and put it on yesterday's podcast. So you guys listened to the same podcast twice in a row. Um, it is fixed now. Hopefully that downloaded to your device. Um, this is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I don't know if I told you that. You should know that by now. You downloaded it. I'm excited about all you new listeners. Please subscribe. Spread the word. Check out the whole Locked On network, especially now with free agency going on. Check out your favorite teams. Locked On Titans, Locked On Patriots, whatever it is that you, you prefer. Uh, but I, I screwed that up, so I apologize. But go back and check that out. It's a good 20 minutes of breaking down moves that happened you know, with over a 24-hour span. And I got another dozen of them or so to talk about now. And I just mentioned the Patriots. They just signed Jeremy Hill. Very Patriot thing to do. And Claiborne, defensive end, who I think will also kick inside for him. And they traded for McCordy, Devin's brother. Um, I love the McCordy move. And I don't understand where the Browns are coming from on this one. You know, you're going you're gonna to give away... For basically nothing. I mean, the, they got very little in return. And it's not like they're making cap space like other teams or that he's even that expensive. You know, you have no room on your roster for McCourty, who I thought played well last year. I mean, I understand there's new people in town. Maybe they don't view it the same way. But, you know, you signed TJ Carey and Terrence Mitchell, who really shouldn't have been on the field last year as replacements for McCourty, and you ship them to the to the Patriots. I mean, uh, I think McCourty will play a lot of meaningful, strong starter snaps for New England, and, and they got him for nothing and pair him with his brother. I know this is kind of cliche and isn't fair, but if the Browns and Patriots make a trade, you immediately think, well, I bet Belichick got the better of him. And in this one, I believe it. I understood the Shelton one more. You know, he kind of inherited him. They didn't. Um, fit the system so much. They're not looking for a space-eating nose tackle, and very much New England is. So that was a great pickup for them, too. Again, on the cheap, late-round picks. Um, so they added two key pieces from the Browns' defense, which I think was going to pay off for them. Again, it didn't cost them much. And do the Browns really need to get rid of these guys for peanuts? I mean, are they in that position that, I'm sorry, but Shelton, you don't fit so great, and we don't think McCourty's as good as Matt Williamson does. And we're just going to ship him off for nothing because our roster is so strong? I don't understand that. I mean, it's kind of like Joe Hayden last year. You cut Joe Hayden with tons of cap space left. For what? I know it's a different regime, but for what? I mean, why would you do that then? Anyway, Claiborne, to me, he everyone knows he got six sacks against terrible tackle and destroyed. You know, most of them came in one game. But he's a good player. To me, he's more of a foundation 4-3 base end with some size, some physicality at the point, some versatility, which we know is absolutely key in New England's front seven. I could see him being a three-technique over-the-guard pass rusher on passing downs, third and long situations, a base end most of the other time. So, good pickup. You know, there certainly was an area of need. Jeremy Hill... I mean, they got him on the cheap, and it's very much a Patriot move. I would imagine Hill and Gillisley will battle it out for that big LeGarrette Blunt back, you know, roll. But 
he hasn't been good for a while, and I didn't like him when he was, quote, good all that much. But they'll get something out of him, and he'll play a role, and, you know, I mean, they'll mo- it's a good motivational move to get him now and save his career type of deal. I mean, fine. Um, the Bengals rock bat Tyler Eifert. And this one's a hard one for me to comment on because the fact that it was them bringing him back that knows more about his medical situation and history, I think, is appealing. You know, if another team would have signed him, I'm like, well, you better hope he stays healthy. I mean, and no matter what, the Bengals are hoping he stays healthy. But he's a great player, not a so-so tight end. I think he's a great player, a highly productive player when he's on the field. And, you know, they have a decent backup in place, too. So, Tyler Croft, who's kind of coming along. So, if they, you know, if he gets hurt for eight games again this year, what difference? I mean, it wasn't like you counted on him. You had a backup plan. You've lived without him in the past. You have other good receivers. So, I get it. And I do think it's encouraging that their doctors and staff thought, okay, we can still do this. Um. He has missed, he's played, what, five years? He's missed more games than he's played in the NFL. I mean, that's hard to get around. But again, the when he's on the field, the payoff is dramatic. So I'm cool with this. I mentioned him a couple places like Green Bay, who, you know, they went with Graham. Denver, I thought, would have been a nice fit for him, too. One-year deal, prove it type of deal, and hope he stays healthy, and maybe he's a pro bowler. I mean, he's that type of guy. Um, Some... Big moves by the Raiders, and we talked some of this yesterday, but Nelson supplants Crabtree, and Crabtree's now up to Baltimore. Let's just do that quick. Baltimore, I think they wanted to get a big-time receiver. Their pass catchers, if you lump their tight ends in, are dreadful. Um, I think the John Brown-Crabtree pairing isn't so bad. I mean... At one time, I thought both were really good players. So there's a lot of that with this free agency class. Like, boy, if you get the guy from two years ago, I mean, that's John Brown's situation. Three years ago. Wow, it worked out. You know, and they're very different guys. And I've said this many times. And I've paid a lot of attention to Flacco. I helped recruit him to Pitt. That at his best, he's always had the burner. And a lot of deep shots. You know, big arm. Draw a lot of deep pass interference calls. At least have that threat. And he's always had his whoopee. My Mr. Mom reference, he's had Mason. He's had Bolden. He's always had a whoopee that on third and six, everyone knows where the ball's going. Is Crabtree that guy now, you know, from the outside and the slot at this stage of his career? Maybe. You know, I mean, I don't think he's a pro bowler, but I still think he's a good player. And fits that mold, I would say. You know, a good route runner, good ball skills. Um veteran, has some toughness. Ravens value toughness more than most teams. And Brown's the burner. And again, if one of these two hit, that's wonderful. Uh, It doesn't eliminate the need at all for tight end receivers. I mean, they they better add more in the draft, Ridley, whomever. But I like this pickup, considering that they didn't get Watkins or Allen Robinson or Landry or somebody like that for Baltimore. Needed, let's just say that. Um, I think we talked about this yesterday. I'm not so so sure that Jordy Nelson's better than Crabtree. I mean, I knew that there was some disgruntledness, if that's a word, and there was talk of him getting cut for a while now, and some of that's a cap move. But I'm not so sold that Jordy's, you know, this great addition to the Raiders. And I really thought they need a burner. I mean, speed, Al Davis, you know, Clifford Branch, you know. I mean, and Nelson's just a guy to me now. Doug Martin, I mean, 
did John Gruden think this is 2015 or, you know, is, you know, what tapes is he watching? Is he remembering these guys when they were good three years ago? I mean, Doug Martin was bad last year. So you got Martin Lynch, Jordy Nelson. I mean, like this is the all 2015 skill position team here. Martin, when he was good, was good. And he's not that old. I don't know if he's over the hill, but recent tape is bad. I mean, real bad. And I would think now with Richard and Washington and Lynch and Martin, you're probably not drafting a back, certainly not high. And I'm, then that's fine, but who's the answer there? I mean, I'm not sure there is one. So I'm not sure that these offensive additions are going to pay off a whole heck of a lot, even though they're brand-name dudes. Um, I really do like the pickup of Melvin, though, the corner from Indy. He played very well last year. Clearly, it's a need. I mean... Clearly, it's a need. I mean, they, they have thrown a lot at the corner market and gotten very little in return, got torched repeatedly last year, and a pass rush would help. I mean, they, they have not been a great pass rushing team the last few years. But, I mean, corner has been a big problem. I mean, um, it's been a couple years in a row now that they've used premium resources in the secondary including a first-round pick last year that, that certainly could pay off this year, too, in, in Conley. You know, he was kind of a redshirt dude. So you look at Conley and Melvin, and at least I can say, all right, you know, let's give this another shot. Uh, this could pay off. You know, Melvin played really well last year. Let, let's give it a shot, like I said. Carolina replaces Star Lutalele, who uh, we discussed last week, you know, yesterday, with Don Terry Poe. You know, I think that's an upgrade. Not a massive upgrade, but it's an upgrade. Um, I think Poe brings more as a pass rusher. I think he's a little more trustworthy, you know, I mean, a little more established. Um, probably equal run defenders, if not the better one in Poe. And you get a better deal on him. So uh, this was a nice pickup, you know. I mean, uh, the Panthers are addressing their, their line up front. And uh, I don't think they go backwards with that. I, I like that. Yesterday... We talked about, holy smokes, Pouncey's getting cut. What the heck's going on in Miami? Well, basically, as soon as I quit the podcast and published the wrong one, they went out and signed Josh Sitton and traded for Kilgore. I don't know if you guys know much about Kilgore. He's a below-average starting center, but at least he's a starting center. The Niners gave him decent money a month or so ago. And then I think that Richburg kind of fell in their lap and they saw their Alex Mack and decided, okay, we could put Richburg at guard or we could ship out Kilgore, you know, save some money, get a draft pick in return. And that kind of works out for Miami is you get a guy under contract, maybe it's more than you would have paid him, but at least he's a starting center. And they've ignored the guard position a ludicrous amount of late. And I think Sitton is 32 years old or so. Still has a lot in the tank. I'm not sure why the Bears cut him. That one didn't quite add up to me either. I mean, I still think he's quite good. Um, so now at least you have four pieces of the Dolphins line. And I'm not saying the tackles are perfect, but they are you know, former first-round picks with upside. That at least this offensive line now doesn't look like a gaping disaster. Small little signing. Chase Daniel signs with the Bears. Um, I mentioned they let go of Sitton, which was one of the moves this, this offseason I didn't quite understand. Maybe somebody will tell me down the road why that went down. Maybe there's more to that than I know. 
Um, but Chase Daniel is made a lot of money. And I think he's thrown like 90 passes in his career. I mean, this guy is the backup mentor of all time. And you guys probably saw it. I wrote a top 10 quarterbacks and unrestricted free agent. And I think he was like eight or nine on the list and kind of said, I'm not calling this, but if anyone's this year's Case Keenum, maybe it's Chase Daniel. People seem to like him. We never really see him play meaningful football. He's a pretty tough eval. I mean, eval- evaluating quarterbacks that have been in the league for a while, that haven't done anything for four or five years of their career, it's really tough from where I sit. But people like him. People keep giving him money and, and he, for not doing anything. And I assume he has value in that quarterback meeting room, and that's most important. So I'm going to defer to the Bears. Knows the system from his Chiefs days. I think that's really important. He's going to be Trubisky's big brother. Great. And great for him. I mean, this guy is a multi-multi-bazillionaire for not doing anything. Okay, I got four more other little nuggets here for you. Uh, Daquan Jones returns to the Titans. And that's not earth-shattering. You know, when people bring their own back, it's not as much fun to talk about. But clearly, he's a young ascending, that might be a little bit generous, run-stuffing force at the line of scrimmage with size and tools, and I think he's getting better, like I said. Um, a quality player will place, you know, snaps, particularly on throw early downs. Um, knows the system, of course. Safe signing. Physical dude. So I'm cool with that. I mean, again, bring your own back. That makes perfect sense. Um, it's interesting, though. Like, I mentioned... The, like I did last year, I mentioned that I'm working on this massive, ever-changing draft digest document of all the needs and positions filled. One thing I got to say about Tennessee, and this is kind of along the lines of this signing, is where's the star power? You know, who's the superstars on this team? You know, the, the, it's not exactly a lot of them. But where are the holes right now either? Like, one of the assignments of this project is... List three holes, areas of need, and it's hard to come up with them right now, to be very honest with you. I mean, yeah, I bet they draft an edge guy high, but Morgan and Rapko are pretty good. You know, I mean, uh, they could probably use a, ba- a replacement for Williamson, no relation, by the way, on, at linebacker, but the guys they played with there are pretty decent too, and they ate into his snaps last year. So, I mean, it's not a real flashy team, but a well, if Rabel's the guy... And I think the offense coordinator is going to, the floor is going to be huge for this team. I'm starting to really warm up to the Patriots as a complete team. Um, the Jags signed Safarian Jenkins, which I think was a huge need for them. That was my number one Jacksonville need, quarterback aside, whatever. Um, but I think a tight end of substance would really help Bortles and maybe even the run game a little bit too. And I like Jenkins, Safarian Jenkins, and good for him. He's turned his life around, and he seems like a much more focused and better and reliable player. Um, But he's not, I mean, his yards per catch are real low. He doesn't really stretch the field. I think there's kind of a misconception that this is a baby Gronk, and he's really talented, and he's not that great of a run blocker either. He's not a real force in line. He's a good player. He's a below-average starter to me. 
But it's a perfect fit. They needed him. He's not super expensive from what I saw. And I would still look to draft one high. You know, go get a Dallas Goddard or somebody like that. When, you know, a first or second day pick. That'll be a mismatch in the passing game. I still think there's room for that guy on the Jags uh, roster. Um, I don't have much to add to this one, but I just wanted to let you know in case you haven't heard yet. Fuller um, got tagged from the the Bears corner. The Packers have made him have signed him to an offer sheet. So we got a couple days. You know, we got a week. I think it is until the Bears match it or not. So they could snag a quality, high-end, ascending, again, starter off a division rival. And I think that's the safer route than throwing yet another draft pick at a corner. At least you get a bird in the hand. And look at the Packers. I mean, out there making moves, getting guys from other teams. Crazy. Who would have thought it? I mean, obviously there's a new GM in charge. But um, And then this one. Sheldon Richardson is a Viking. Like, I thought they were done. I mean, I figured they'd fill in the blanks with some people. But not getting one of the stars left on the market. I mean, yeah, he's been inconsistent, but he played well last year. He's been used in weird ways, too. Like, especially with the Jets. The Jets had all those good defensive linemen that they couldn't really align them all in the proper techniques and things. So, sometimes Richardson, and often back then, Richardson would be like a 3-4 stand-up you know, outside linebacker. When really, he's like a 6'3", 290-pound bowling ball. I mean, he's much more Aaron Donald than he is a stand-up outside linebacker. And I think the Seahawks used him properly. And it wasn't really even the Jets' fault. It was like, we just want to get our best players on the field. We have too many of these big D linemen types. And there's been some questions of some motivation and things like that, too. But to put him next to Linvel Joseph and probably see a lot of single blocking, like, that was... That's another team. I mean, my, my Vikings team needs are guard, and it was three technique until an hour or so ago. And I don't know what else to do. I mean, like, yeah, corner wouldn't hurt and safety wouldn't hurt, but, I mean, kind of stretching it. They're a really complete team, and they're a really complete defense, especially with this signing. Uh, maybe you would add another defensive tackle. You guys know me. When in doubt, add another defensive lineman. But I thought this pickup was great. And, again, I thought they were done. You know, you break the bank on Cousins. I thought that was plenty, but... To add a potential difference maker coming off a good year who's still pretty young but yet established and fits exactly what you're looking for on a really good D-line, you know, look out, man. I mean, I think the Vikes did really, really well. So, sorry to get to see you a little late on Friday. Sorry I screwed up the files yesterday, but that's all corrected. Please spread the word. Please go subscribe. Um, I'm, I know promises, but I'm, I have a hunch that I'll probably have about this many more topics by Sunday and maybe I'll do a week, you know, a weekend show or if Namakong Sue signs, something like that. Cause there's pretty constant news right now in the league as all you guys know, even though it's slowing down and you know, the quarterback carousels come to a stop and you know, a lot of the big names have signed, but there's still a handful of you know, quality guys out there, big name, name brand guys, that probably over the next two days, there'll be a long enough list to sit down with you guys for 15, 20 minutes and go over them all like we've been doing. It's been a really fun week, though. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Like I said, subscribe um, and spread the word. Take care.